Welcome to episode 154 of the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. Alongside Brian Cristiano, I'm Rob Cressy. So Brian, you're at the National Sports Forum and had a conversation with Chad Siegler, VP of Business Development at NASCAR. What was your biggest takeaway? Rob, it's, it's amazing and meeting some really great people, you know, here in the Twin Cities and Chad, it was no exception. Really, really great guy. Very, very smart from a business perspective um, and being over at NASCAR. And we spoke very honestly and openly about, you know, some of the challenges of, you know, filling the stands at the organ at the racetracks themselves and what some of the smaller tracks can do, but then also what NASCAR is doing from a large pers- picture perspective. And, you know, it's no secret that they've been focusing more on social and digital. And the thing that he said that I think you and I have talked about before is the fans aren't disappearing. It's not like, you know, 15% of all NFL fans went away. It's not like all, all of a sudden NASCAR fans are going away. The difference is they're consuming it in different places that they hadn't before. So NASCAR is focused in on how do we reach those people there? And then how do we also in, create better engagement around the event as well and continue to build the younger fan base? Because those are the people that are going to be around for years. Um, but we touched on so many different topics, and I think it's helpful, you know, for every everything from what NASCAR is doing, what the tracks can do and should do, and then also some advice for the entrepreneurs out there uh, coming from somebody who has such stature in business development and sales, giving some advice on what they can do to sell better. So Chad, as the VP of business development of NASCAR, I'm sure there's both some challenges with the change in attendance, social media and the shift in consumption, but also some upside being that NASCAR really has a strong fan base and is probably actually a lot bigger than the average person would assume the sport is. Let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about both. Like what are, what are some of the challenges and then what, what's on the other side of that? No, you said it perfectly. I mean, we look at it and say, we're no different than any sports or entertainment property in the sense that you always have to look at your fans and you figure out how are they consuming the sport. And maybe there's not as many people coming to a racetrack but does that mean people aren't consuming the sport? And what we tell people and what we've really started to pay a lot of attention to on the NASCAR side is how are people consuming that sport? Consumption is the buzzword in our building. So, you know, are people on that second and third screen, are they looking for video consumption? Are they looking to to have direct messaging coming from NASCAR? And that's what what we're seeing. You know, the, the fan today and the end user today wants to be able to consume NASCAR when they want it, how they want it, and on their terms. And that's up to us as the league to figure out how do we do that and how do we continue to give them that property. So, you know, we look at it, you know, anytime you look at a change in your sport, the, the attendance or the ratings, is that a challenge? Yes. I think we've taken the approach to say we can't change the trends of how people are consuming sports. What we can do is embrace it and figure out how do we position NASCAR to deliver it to the consumer the way they want it. Right. And what, you know, you and I were saying before we start recording and I say all the time is the fans aren't disappearing. They're just they're just going and consuming it differently. And and the brands and organizations and teams are kind of trying to figure out, well, how do we get there? So I'm curious. I know that NASCAR this year had a big announcement that they were going to put a lot of time, energy and investment into social media and into digital. How is that impacting on probably the positive side or what are the challenges there in making that shift? No, it's been it's been really positive, and you you touched it. You've obviously done the research on it. It's we made a strategic decision, really. If you go back to last year, to lead 
with social and digital. You know, traditionally we would go to market, we would tell the story of NASCAR, and we would go with your electronic media, and then we would go tell the story with the press releases, and we would tell the story with print. We're not stopping that, but what we've learned is we're going to lead with social. We've done programs and partnerships with Facebook, with Twitter. We've ran programs, you know, hashtag Daytona 500 last year. It's just a story of how do we constantly get people engaged. And we take pride in the fact that we have one of the largest and most passionate fan bases in all of professional sports. Our fans are extremely loyal. If when our fans choose to follow a certain driver, they choose to follow the sport of NASCAR, they're going to buy those products that that driver supports or that NASCAR supports. So we know the passion is there for the fans and we know they're very loyal and will and will follow the sport. What we've learned is if we take that passion, we take that loyalty and shift it to social media, sh shift it to new consumption styles, it can be a big win for us. And you know, we tell people, our COO says this all the time, that look, if you haven't experienced NASCAR in the last two years, you really haven't experienced NASCAR because we have changed and we've changed how we go to market and how we tell the story. And so how has that impacted from a sales business sponsorship perspective, what you're doing and how you're integrating or selling sponsorships? It's definitely required us to take a step back and, just, and look at how we packaged it. You know, I, I go back and I think about five, six years ago, if you were talking to a partner, you would have probably had 80% of the assets you're given a partner would have been a fixed asset. Here's my signage, here's my branding, here's my, you know, whatever the, the property is. Here's that asset I have, and it's gonna stay the same for the next three, four, five years. And maybe 20% you had flexibility on. It's really, we've seen it change. You know, the sponsor wants to be able to say, I don't want as many fixed assets, and I wanna be able to have a, the ability to customize my program year to year. We have to be able to, you know, transition quickly to either deliver the right type of messaging, deliver the right type of assets, and we wanna be fluid enough that midway through the season, if we see an improvement we need to make with a partner and a program by shifting some assets around to deliver to them, we wanna be able to do that. Mm. So that's been the big key for us. Flexibility is, is, has definitely been a big game changer the last few years. You Absolutely. have to be flexible and be able to move quickly. Are yours, are, when you're looking at sponsorships for brands, large and small, are you looking at how to integrate them across multiple properties or is it still really more of here's where we're going to place you? Is, is, is it kind of cross-channel? It, it definitely is cross-channel. Mm. You know, if you look at our team, we're specifically charged on a daily basis to go sell the official partner of NASCAR. So Coca-Cola is an official partner, Eminem Mars. So we're out selling that property. But when we go in to tell the story of NASCAR, we talk about it being like a four-legged stool. You have NASCAR, the sanctioning body. You have your drivers and teams. You have your racetracks and you have your media partners. And some partners aren't going to be able to engage in all four of those and maybe go that deep. But what we tell them, the programs where we see the most success are the people that can touch multiple elements of the NASCAR ecosystem. I'm curious on the individual track side because they play such a large role in this where obviously NASCAR from a large perspective, overarching perspective is creating, you know, engagement with fans. But then there still comes down to the individual tracks to get people to come in the stands to watch and to be super fans. From a lot of the tracks and people that I know that work there, some of the challenges kind of changing their mindset. Like NASCAR has changed the mindset of how to approach sponsorships and marketing yeah. um, and how to re-engage fans the way they're consuming media. But some tracks might still be a little bit behind that curve. What are the challenges there and what should some of those tracks be thinking about? I think if you look and you go back over the last four to five years, you've seen a concerted effort from the industry, but also the tracks specifically to 
how do we improve the fan experience at a venue? I think that what NASCAR has always been so good at is allowing fans to get up and close to their sport. And people, anytime someone's been to a NASCAR race, they walk away saying, I'm blown away by the access I get. However, if you take a step back and you look at the challenges our racetracks, what they have to live with every day, and they've acknowledged it and made those improvements, is you know, they're competing in their local market for entertainment dollars. We as NASCAR are overseeing the whole property of the sport or the, the health of the sport. But if you're in Phoenix, for example, and Phoenix just announced a, um, a, a major renovation project that they're getting ready to go through, they have to compete with a new football stadium, a fairly new basketball arena, a fairly new baseball stadium, great weather, world-class golf courses, and they're, in a, they're competing for that entertainment dollar. So that's the big piece I think the tracks have really, you start to see a lot of focus on. We're going into year two in Daytona. We start kick off the season in two weeks in Daytona. Last year, um, Daytona kicked off the $400 million renovation they put into the facility. And it's how does the race fan get to experience the same thing at one of our racetracks that they can experience at a stadium or somewhere in a, in a city they live in. Mm. And, and we feel like that's another piece where we feel like social and technology plays a big role in it. You know, we're fortunate that, and it's not, it's not a knock on any other sport, but you and I are not gonna be able to go out and field a punt in an NFL game. We're just not gonna be able to do that. Mm -hmm. The neat thing about NASCAR is there's so much content that we can deliver, whether that's, what is a driver seeing inside the car? Is it, you know, we, we're a sport where it's open communication. As a fan, you can sit in the stands and listen to your favorite driver talk to his crew chief. You can hear that. So for us to be able to take that content, whether it's what you're seeing in the car, what the crew chief is seeing on pit road, what he's looking at, that's all rich content that we can deliver to the fans, we feel, in the, in the stands and continue to use that, the power of social media. And where do you think the biggest upside for NASCAR and the tracks is over the next few years? I think uh, it's a great question. I mean, we have put a lot of effort into, like everyone, of growing the fan base, you know, especially on the millennial side. We, the thing that NASCAR has always had has just been this loyal fan base and especially this family focused fan base you know it's a it's a sport that's passed down through you know your dad passes it down to to you you pass it down to your kids and it's a it's something you grow up with our big thing that we see the opportunity is to bring that younger generation of fan and expose them to nascar if someone comes to a nascar race traditionally even if you go to a nascar race and you're not a fan of nascar per se Everyone leaves and they say, I get it. That was wild. It's something that they go back and tell their friends. So that's, that's a big area for us. Um, we put a really lot of effort on multicultural, the development there. Um, you know, our CEO said several years ago that, look, we're not gonna be happy at NASCAR until our fan base matches the US population. Mm -hmm. So we see where those growth opportunities are too. And just to continue to expose more people to the sport. Um, you know, NASCAR has, also taken some steps into at least testing or doing some things around VR and 360 video. Um, how has that played out so far? Because it's so new and there's a lot of teams and brands that are testing it. And I know you guys have seen some success there. What, what does that look like? Yeah, we, we have, and I think we're still early in that test stage, but it sort of goes back to what we spoke about earlier. We know there is rich content. I mean, we talk about it all the time inside the building. Can you imagine the day that you're sitting there in your living room and you truly are racing the 41st car. You're the 41st car in the Daytona 500 and you're racing from your couch. That's the day that you have mastered the ability to take a sport and truly put it into someone's living room. 
and talk about capturing someone. And again, we do that already to an extent that we were one of the first sports of in-car cameras. We took people inside the car. Um, we took people inside the pits. So that VR play, obviously we're like everyone, you're trying to figure it out, where's it gonna go? And you, it, technology moves so quick that you have to kind of figure out where you're gonna, where you're gonna leverage your assets and you know, the effort you put towards it. But we have a team in Charlotte that focuses 100% on tech development. Um, they're in Charlotte today working on how do we use technology to bring the sport closer to the fans. We have our Fan and Media Engagement Center, which is in Charlotte. It's a, it's a facility we have where we can track what's happening, what the fan base is saying, social, digital, things like that. So, you know, it's, it's priority 1A for us. There's a constant theme that keeps coming up with everyone that I talk to, both here at NSF and just in general in the sports market, which is really need to figure out how to make it about the fan. And it seems like you guys are really doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's been our I mean, motto from day one for us as a sport. If you go back to the France family that started the sport, it's always been about when we make a decision, what is right for the fan? The fans pay a lot of money. Fans travel over 300 miles to come to one of our events. It has to be about how do you continue to make that property something the fan wants to consume? And then there's a fine balance. You also have to, you have to balance that line of you have a, a group of strong, avid fans that have been with you for a long time, and you also have new fans that are coming into the sport that may want to consume it differently than some of your avid fans. So how do you constantly make sure you're walking that line to, to give both groups what they want. There's definitely a balance. Chad, I have two last questions for you. The first one I'll start with is for the people that listen to the show that are on the sports business, sports marketing side. What advice would you give to, whether it's smaller tracks that, that hold NASCAR events or even other sports, sporting events that are maybe struggling to figure out that balance and looking at NASCAR to the lead of how you're transitioning over to digital and social yeah. and using that as an advantage, what advice would you give to them? I think the advice we would give, or I would give, is don't be scared to try something if you're doing it for the right reason and at the end of the day you've got your consumer in mind. And we've made a lot of changes in NASCAR over the last three to four years. Things ranging from how we go to market to things of even how our product is consumed on the track, how we actually race, the formats of our events. And some people struggle with that change, but at the end of the day we sit in our office and we say, why would we not change something if it's for the betterment of the sport and our fans. So that, that's my advice is, you know, you don't, you don't wanna make haphazard, you know, throw stuff at the wall and see if it sticks. But if you have really good intel and you listen to your consumer and your consumer tells you this is what they want, don't be scared to give it a shot. That's awesome. And my last question here as we wrap it up, um, there's another segment of our audience that is more entrepreneurial um, and even a lot of people that are looking to get into the sports business a little bit. From someone on the, you know, as VP of business development in NASCAR, right? You sell a lot of big properties. You do a lot of big deals. You're, you're you know, you're, you're doing a lot of stuff. What advice would you give to somebody trying to make their way up in business development or sales that might be younger? Yeah, that's a, that's a good, I always think back to that because when I look at my career and I've been in business development, I think about what's the advice people have given you. And, and there's several things I always think about. One is simple as I had someone I worked for one time make this comment. He's like, make sure you make your friends before you need them. So from a personal side, you know, when you, when you need to call that favor in, make sure it's a true friendship. You know, don't have that relationship where you only call someone when you need them, that's one. Um, two is you, you just have to be willing to outwork and out hustle people. You know, it's, it's little things and it's, it's easy to get, I won't say lazy, but it's easy to get complacent when you're in a role. But you know, are you, 
I know it sounds crazy, but are you are you trying a different? Are you driving home a different you know route every day? Are you trying something different just to see what's going on? And also consume the other sports. It's easy to consume. You know, I'm a football fan also, so it's easy for me to sit and watch football all day. It's easy for me to sit and watch NASCAR all day. I, I can do it all day, but if I'm not a big soccer fan, I need to be watching soccer. I need to be seeing what are what are other people doing that we're not or where's their trends that we're seeing that, that can help us. So th that's my big one. And it's, you know, I've talked to a lot of people here at the National Sports Forum this week about just the constant networking. You truly never know where your paths are gonna cross and just continue to build that relationship. And my last thing I would say is just be yourself. I mean, I think I tell people, you know, look, I run a business development team based in North Carolina. There's people running a team based in New York. There's teams, you know, I think people sometimes have in their head who they think they need to be. You know, I need to be Jerry Maguire or whatever that is, but don't be scared to be yourself. You know, my style is gonna be different than probably someone leading a business development for a team or the NFL, but it, I don't need to change who I am, and I need to make sure that I'm allowing the people that work on our team to be who they are and be true themselves. So that's my advice. Awesome advice. Well, Chad, listen, thank you so much for coming on the Sports Marketing Huddle. We appreciate your time and, and advice and insight. And um, where should people go if they want to either find you or find their local NASCAR track and watch a race? Obviously, go NASCAR.com. You, you, you can consume everything. I'm on Twitter at C Siegler. I love, I love just following sports in general. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. That's the Fresno Tacos, and that thing became, <laughs> yep. uh, that, that became a thing. Rob and I <clears throat> talked about that, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and then you had.